Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And today we are joined by Shelly Ellsleger, and we're talking about LinkedIn plus kindness, the power of social reciprocity, and it's going to be a really awesome show. Shelly is an engaging LinkedIn trainer and president of Linked Express. She coaches executives, leaders, women leaders, departments, as well as corporate teams, inspiring them to maximize their professional branding potential and their social influence online. Shelly is a member of the International Coach Federation, recognized as a woman you need to know by the National Women Speakers Association and a woman of achievement, a Forbes and global Thrive Global writer, Women of Inspiration winner 2019, and is on the global list of LinkedIn training experts. She's also currently the career specialist and LinkedIn trainer for Rotman Commerce at the University of Toronto and is a trusted speaker for LinkedIn Canada. Shelly is also the founder of the hashtag decide to be kind movement with a mission of spreading awareness and triggering global action around bullying on LinkedIn, as well as the founder of LinkedIn in high heels, her signature workshop for women to rise up and lead online. Shelly joins us from Toronto. Shelly, welcome to the Career Builders podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so excited and what an introduction. That's all so cool. Mm-hmm. You... I don't know what to say, actually. <laughs> it speaks for itself, doesn't it? It does. Thank it's you. It's such a pleasure to have you. So as we mentioned, you help people develop their personal and professional brands. And your own brand is pretty unique, as we've, we've learned. Can you talk a little bit about how you've arrived at this brand that you've built today? Um, so I, the most, most of my background and, you know, my own career has been in higher education. I've been a career specialist, a curriculum developer, a trainer, a teacher, uh, you name it. I've, you know, I've done it all. But there was one point about 10 years ago, I guess, that I was just missing something for myself. But I also thought that a lot of the students that I was working with was, they were missing something too. Like I knew there had to be something more than just a resume and cover letter to help them tell their stories and to help them connect with recruiters and employers. And I was determined to find that. So, I mean, I, I was already digging into LinkedIn and using it as a tool, but like so many, I would say maybe not like a resume, but it was still, it was still more like a, what a resume does. Mm-hmm. I was still using it like a tool, like a resume um, until I was actually at an educational conference in Calgary. And um, this conference was like a two day conference. So at one point I took a break and I was at the, you know, local Starbucks having a latte myself. And I saw somebody in line with a LinkedIn jacket And I saw him because I was hanging out at the kiosk there for so long that um, he recognized me and I recognized him, but he ordered a latte and I went and paid for it. So I like paid the latte Mm. forward. And then, you know, we were just talking about how there was a lull and it was a good time to take a break. So we sat down and I was telling him all the things that I thought LinkedIn could do for students. And I went on to talk about empowerment and you know, raising them up and, and helping them to be more confident. Anyway, I just, I think I, you know, I mean, it must've been a good conversation because I think mm-hmm. we were there over an hour and a half. And after that, he ended up introducing me to, um, you know, I always call them the right people because at the end of the day, I ended up getting a mentor out of that. And um, certainly it, it steered me, having, after getting that mentor, 
mentored, steered me in that way of how I could transform uh, what I was already doing as a career coach and just elevate that. And, um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I mean, make, you know, using LinkedIn as a platform to elevate students, to help them with their storytelling and to build their confidence and make sure that they feel like they have a space to own an online space to own. So once they, once they, they feel that they own that space, then that's where the magic can happen. So cool. And such a testament too, to just how one conversation can change your life and lead to a person changing a lot of other people's lives. So I'm, I really just want to acknowledge that. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And how paying for somebody's coffee can lead mm-hmm. to so much more. <laughs> the power of coffee. I will, I will honestly say there is nothing like a coffee to make things happen. <laughs> so cool. Wild. Cool. So LinkedIn, there's going to be a fair amount of conversation around this topic. It's a very different place from a lot of other uh, platforms and scenes online. And what comes to mind when you think about LinkedIn, just off the top of your head? Relationships, community, global, uh, a global community. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. An impactful community. Neat. And what would you say is sort of its, its real purpose if you were to put one or two on it? Um, professionals helping raise other professionals up. Cool. Mm. Love it. Short, yeah. sweet, and very beautiful. It makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's a platform for it, relationship building, but at the same moment, like earning, uh, building trust. And then again, and we're probably going to hear this as we go on into our, into this, uh, you know, interview, but the idea of social reciprocity for me is the key to success. So that comes from building trust within your relationships. So I always, you know, I don't see LinkedIn as so much. Uh, well, that's the base that for me is the foundation of why LinkedIn is, is successful. And once you master that art, then um, the rest will all fall into play. Hmm. Can you give us some examples of how LinkedIn has helped you in your own career? Wow, I think that LinkedIn has been uh, so good to me. Um, so my, I, when I was younger, I kind of lost my voice. Like I, uh, you know, I talk a lot about it. I talk a lot about it when I'm doing my presentation, LinkedIn and high heels. But uh, you know, my younger self was bullied, so I kind of lost my voice. I mean, I was this, you know, joyful, funny kid who loved to public speak. I was up there like when I was in grade four. So, um, but I kind of lost that, but I I love um, speaking and it doesn't matter how many are are in the audience. That just doesn't faze me at all. So, um, but I lost that for quite a long time and LinkedIn actually gave me my voice back because I was, I saw that I, for some reason, when I was putting content out there, people were um, attracted to it. They were responding. They were, they were um, using it uh, for themselves. Like uh, it was just, and I didn't really intend to do that. I mean, I intended to using it, to use it as a teaching tool, as a coaching tool, but I really didn't intend to uh, use it as a, uh, a way to, um, to be like popular in that space. Like I, I didn't have a, I didn't have an idea that I was going to be a change maker or an influencer on LinkedIn or 
be on the list of global LinkedIn trainers. I didn't think of anything like that. Like it just what didn't even, that's not why I got on there. I got on there to show students how they could use it and how they could uh, embrace it. And I really wanted to build their confidence. So that was my main goal. So I didn't really think about all of those other things. But since I, you know, I've been on LinkedIn and I've built community and I've had this place to kind of offer my own uh, words of wisdom and things I've been through. And I, in, in fact, I've gotten so much back. So where do I start? I've gotten job opportunities. I now speak. So I wasn't speaking before. And my having that space on LinkedIn has opened up that world for me again. So I'm, I've been speaking now for probably the last six, seven years publicly, like doing all kinds of different uh, workshops globally on, um, you know, helping to empower women. Um, one on social reciprocity, I speak a lot about that mm -hmm. because it's not what people think about when they think about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's offered me that opportunity to, to really just be out there. And the people that I've met I, I, I could go anywhere. I could go anywhere um, and build and have a community right off the bat. So if I wanted to move mm. to Vancouver tomorrow, I wouldn't have to worry about not having community there. I could just go there, go on, you know, LinkedIn, find some of my contacts and, you know, call them up and say, let's have a LinkedIn latte and, and the rest would be history. And that's exactly what I did when I came to Toronto. I moved here five years ago from Montreal I didn't really have a huge community offline, but I had a huge community online. So what happened is once I got here, I called a few people up and, um, you know, at that time we could go out for coffee as much as we wanted to. <laughs> so I think I spent one week just having a coffee with two or three people a day that I actually knew on LinkedIn. And then we were able to meet. So I, from LinkedIn, I got those relationships. And in those relationships, I built community in Toronto. And then from there, I was offered opportunities in Toronto. So mm -hmm. um, I have a community in Toronto. And I feel like I've been here way longer than five years. Um, I think, you know, community is difficult for people to create, but LinkedIn has allowed me to create that community without a lot of work. And, and without that feeling of being alone. Um, mm -hmm. because when I first came here, I was alone for a year. So I, um, I still had my house back in, in Montreal. I was living here. I was trying to find my path and my way. So I'm so grateful if there's one thing I'm grateful for is the connections that I made on LinkedIn, because I had a support system to help me get through that, that kind of like first year of everything being new and everything being not challenging, but, um, just not what I was used to. So mm -hmm. uh, I was really grateful that I had that community. And um, I would I would say that that's one of the biggest gifts that has come my way um, from LinkedIn. That's amazing. And I just want to pull out a couple of things in there, because first of all, you started all of this from serving people. This didn't come as you wanting to have this big platform. It really just came from you seeing a need that people had and you filling it. And that's so amazing. I think the other thing too is that you had the, you were able to put yourself out there and take these steps to make these communities a reality. We've heard some of our other guests talk about the community that can be built on LinkedIn. And a lot of people 
don't tap into it because they're nervous or worried about coming across as weird or whatever it might be. And so it's just such a great story to show that when you take some of these steps, it's the world is open to you and it's amazing. The world is open. And I mean, when, you know, um, they're my support system. So if I have a new idea or something that I, an event that I want to put up on LinkedIn, I usually go to about 50 people first and ask them, I'm going to be putting this out there. I really need your help. And they will help um, me to extend my reach. But I always have that 50 people that are just there. They're like my, you know, own board of directors, LinkedIn board of directors that I use to help me when, and they were, I did that in the very beginning. I had my 50 people and I've never swayed from that because the 50 people um, allowed me to understand what I could do with LinkedIn, because that's the power of relationships. I can put something out there, but if you don't have that community to back you, you will not get the reach or um, the attention that you want. Mm -hmm. So you need, you need to have people on LinkedIn backing you to have that success. Makes so much sense. Yeah. You provided some really cool concrete examples of the value of LinkedIn. I, I feel like because of the platform's nature, sometimes we can only kind of get to superficial things when you see what people are posting and, and you can get a certain sense of what LinkedIn can do for you if you're willing to kind of embrace it. But you in, in so many different ways in the last several minutes have just really outlined some really, really meaningful ways of using this tool. Uh, thank you for that. Social reciprocity. So let's talk about that term because it's not something that I learned back when I was in school, the social reciprocity thing. What does it mean and why is it so important? So social reciprocity is purposeful and intentional kindness. And it's usually, um, it's usually comes about because there's some kind of, um, professional uh, idea or gain or um, motion that you want to undertake. So it's intentional and it's purposeful. So we have kindness, which is hopefully something that we all do regularly with everybody around us. <laughs> but social reciprocity takes a little bit of a spin because it's based on normally those professional relationships that you have. So, um, you know, we can, we should and be kind to everybody, but when we're, you know, LinkedIn is um, a space for professionals. So the, the, the relationships that we're building is based on professional re relationships. So when we're on LinkedIn, we have a goal. It's like Simon Sinek says, you know, what is your why? So we all have a why of being on LinkedIn. And of course we need people to help us. So when we're investing and in, in mastering the art of social reciprocity, we're being intentional with kindness. We're being intentional with um, doing things for other people, not to get something back, but also knowing that we are humans and trust is the core of every kind of relationship that, that builds and progresses. So knowing that we can develop 
um, we can be kind, knowing that that is going to help us to build trust and to build relationships that we can rely on. So at the end of the day, we can, we can depend on them and they can depend on us. So it's like scratching somebody's back and they scratch our back. So it's, but it's intentional and it's around developing relationships in a professional context because LinkedIn is about um, really the base and the core of LinkedIn is professionals helping other professionals rise up. So if you think about social reciprocity and being kind in that way, we're trying to do things that will help raise another person up depending on what their why is, and then they can come back and do the same for us. So the difference is, is that we're trying to build relationships so that that continuous helping cycle builds and grows. And then that's what the community is grounded in. That's so important the way you just kind of ended that last point off around the idea that there's a cycle here, because I get the sense that when I talk to a lot of people who are struggling to use LinkedIn, or they want to use LinkedIn more effectively, they see it as a very transactional place, sort of a one and done. I need this referral. I need to meet this person and I need that introduction. And what you've suggested is that there is a much bigger and more meaningful game to be played rooted in kindness and in a way that is done intentionally. I really just appreciate that. That really resonates with me. Yeah. And I think that when people go in and they, they, they see LinkedIn as transactional or they see LinkedIn as what, what am I going to get out of it? They're never fully, um, they're never fully connected with LinkedIn. They will always think of LinkedIn as something external and there'll always be a level of frustration. Um, every day I'm on LinkedIn, it's part of me. It's part of my daily um, routine because I don't see it as something outside of me. My relationships are so important to me and I am the person behind the screen. What I do on LinkedIn is, is who I am, you know, off screen as well. So um, I invest a lot of time and energy into building those relationships. And if I didn't have those relationships, it would be a very superficial place to be. And I wouldn't be on it the way that I am for sure. I, I think that people can often tell too, when somebody's transactional, it's same as if you meet somebody in person. And I mean, I don't want to increase the stereotype of, you know, the, the car salesman, but usually if you, if you meet somebody and you know that they're coming after you for something specific and it's going to be transactional, you can just tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to customize everything. I mean, I'm turned off immediately from anybody who doesn't get to know me and wants to sell something. I mean, I get it every day. I accept that I get it every day, but I don't engage. I don't, um, you know, sometimes I'll use it as a teaching moment, but <laughs> most of the time I don't engage because I realize that they're there, um, you know, in a transactional way, and they're there for themselves. They're not there to get to know me. And uh, I, I don't treat others like that, that I customize everything on LinkedIn. I got into a conversation not long ago about automation. And um, to be quite honest, I have not gotten where I am today because of automation. I've gotten where I am today because of customization and personalization and really sticking to my guns on that. So, um, you know, I'm not a big believer in, in that kind of approach to LinkedIn because I think we're, we'll, we'll never fully be 
satisfied and we'll never really enjoy our journey on LinkedIn as long as we, it's one-sided. Mm -hmm. Cool. Very powerful. It sounds like, so I'm going to throw something out here and I'd love to just get your thoughts on it. it. It sounds like you're on a mission to bring kindness to the world in a really intentional way, which is really awesome. Would that suggest that there is a lack of kindness in a place like LinkedIn for some, many, all, I don't know. What are your thoughts? So um, I would say LinkedIn is kinder than most because it is made up of professionals. And um, for the most part, I think people do not want LinkedIn to become another Facebook for adults or an Instagram or anything like that. I think they want to maintain that, you know, what LinkedIn is about. So um, I think that for the most part, on that scale of one to 10, they're pretty much up there, Mm -hmm. um, but they're not at a 10. And the reason being is that it's still a social media platform. And, you know, when it comes to jobs and people talking about their accomplishments and their stories, and not everybody can deal with that because everybody's leading a different story that nobody else knows, right? So we don't know how people are going to handle the rough times or the, you know, when I look, look at what's happening now, we're no, we no longer have that surge of energy that we had when COVID first happened. Like, um, normally we have this like, kind of like surge of energy that maybe can, is there for about two to three months after something serious happens like COVID. We kind of, because we expect it to kind of like end. So Mm -hmm. we have this energy that we can put out, but eight, nine months into it, people are losing jobs. There's an extra stress. Um, There's a lack of community for some people. So what happens is they go on LinkedIn and they hear about other people, maybe getting that job that they want or getting that promotion and they can react in different ways. So we've seen some of that. There's also uh, what we call engagement pods and the word sounds good. The word, the, the term sounds great, engagement pods. But engagement pods are different than, you know, a group of expert pods, like expert career coaches coming together to learn from each other. Or, you know, I belong to a group for, of LinkedIn experts where we kind of um, support each other and tell each other what's going on and what we've noticed on the platform. So we're there just as support and to kind of throw things off of each other before we actually get on the platform and maybe talk about it. But the engagement pods, so you're normally for an engagement pod, there's somebody controlling an engagement pod. They've asked the vulnerable people to be part of it. Sometimes they ask for money. Sometimes they ask for You have to be on LinkedIn and support every single post and comment on every single post. So what happens is they're they're really controlling whoever comes into that engagement pod. And there's a certain expectation. And when that expectation is not meant, a met, I mean, you are ousted from that group. You're Mm -hmm. gone. And along, not only are you gone, all of the people and the community that you've built up there because of fear they're not coming with you. They're staying in the engagement pond until they're gone because there's a fear. So um, that has happened a lot. And we don't see it because it goes through direct messaging. And, and 
sometimes they even take it to WhatsApp now. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you're, we're not going to see it. And then there's just the bullies and they exist everywhere. So of course you're going to see a lot of bullying on LinkedIn, not a, not a lot comparatively, but it exists where somebody cannot, you know, somebody puts something out there and somebody doesn't like it, but instead of just, you know, constructive criticism, feedback, it's all good. But instead of doing it that way, they bully, call names um, and make that person feel bad uh, to the point. Bullying has been in in some cases so disruptive that people have left the platform. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have a real issue because I've been on this platform. I have, you know, I do a change maker series every, every um, single month. And some of those people that were part of my change maker series that I started in 2018 are no longer on the platform. And when I became a LinkedIn CSI for a year and I was digging into some, you know, reasons why they left and I found out that, you know, they were bullied off of the platform that really hit me because there's a space for everybody on LinkedIn. So it does exist. It's, it's, I don't think it's as, um, I don't think it's as noticeable or we don't see it as much on LinkedIn or a lot of it can be behind the scenes, but it does exist and bullying and, and that sort of thing exists everywhere. So it's not like we're going to get rid of it, but it's cert- we certainly have to be aware of it. That's really enlightening. I'd never actually really heard a lot of what you just discussed. Maybe I just haven't gone and, and tried to dig it up enough and, and pay more attention to it. So a little bit eye-opening for me to hear that and definitely unfortunate, but also I can see how that lends itself to kind of fueling the mission that you're on with the work that you're doing. Makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, de- I'm determined. <laughs> I haven't, thing. I haven't heard of the engagement pods, but I've definitely seen some of the comments and things that people will post, especially in some of the bigger posts that people will do. And, you know, people start weighing in and giving their opinion and somebody disagrees and it just, like you said, turns ugly. So definitely seen that as well. So when we think about um, LinkedIn mm-hmm. or business in general, people don't often use the word kindness in general, what are some ways that we can bring more kindness to the platform? So, you know, when we take the, the, I I guess when we take the attention off of ourselves and start thinking about who is there, like I get up every day and I know that there's some people that are going to be posting and being on LinkedIn because, you know, just through time, you know, who's awake that early, you know, what they're doing, you know, if they have a group, and you can support. So I, I just try to support. I can't support everybody every single day. But what I try to do is that if I, I have people that support me and they come first. So what I try to do is I, I try to understand where, when people are either posting um, something special, like if they're, if Friday is the way that they, uh, is the day that they do, they tend to do their podcast or something, then I will make sure that I'm in tune with that. And I may not be on all the time, but I will definitely try to support those uh, people who are trying to create something on LinkedIn, like a podcast or um, an event, or maybe they have a regular, you know, guru series or something like that. And I try to definitely support them. But there are different ways that you can support. Uh, Number one, you can be developing content. 
So if you're developing content for other people, then that means you're giving to other people. So it can be sharing your own content that you've developed. It can be sharing other people's content and giving them kudos for it, um, which is a way to build community. It can be refurbishing, like re reusing uh, some things from the past that you may have maybe on your website that you haven't used, but you know that it could be helpful to, to somebody. And it could just be, you know, a regular newsfeed post that is just simply um, giving something, uh, teaching in some way, giving somebody something that they have to, that they know. And just like your, your podcasts that you have, you know, this is a, this is a way to reach out to so many. And it's a podcast is a great way to just influence people and to give them what they need. So, I mean, there's so many ways that, that you can give. Those are just a few of them. The other thing is to not fall in love with like. So many people, you know, they go into on LinkedIn quickly. They like, 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 and they think they're doing the next best thing. But really like is at the bottom of the, of the um, engagement uh, type of activities you want to be doing. The best thing you can do is to comment, to give an idea, to suggest something and, and be supportive. Because once you start comment, commenting, that means you are engaging. That means that you are setting things up for discussion. So the way that LinkedIn works, it works with an algorithm, right? Many algorithms. And one of the things that LinkedIn rates is the quality of your post that you put out there. So if your post does not help engage people, if your post does not make people excited in some way where they're actually offering something back to you or commenting or, you know, different things or even sharing, then LinkedIn through their algorithm decides that your post is just not getting the traction that it should. So if you put that, if you put that kind of post out a little too often, then what happens is you'll see that the number of people look getting your post in their new in their feed is going to be lowered. Mm. So you want to help people out. You so I'm talking about how you can be like how you can help other people out. So it's important on both sides. What are you putting out there and how are you helping other people? Because again, that's social reciprocity, right? You mm -hmm. have to be looking at, at it in two ways. So it's just really important because what happens is once your algorithm goes down, it's hard to build it back up. So it's hard to get it's hard to get it going again. So if you feel that there are times when you see the number, your number lowered by the people that are actually reading your post, then you know that the post is not seen as quality in, mm -hmm. in the in via the LinkedIn algorithm. So you want to change that. That's one of the ways that LinkedIn is telling you, um, do something, buddy. Like, uh, raise it up a little bit. It, it's not reaching the people that you want to reach. And actually, it's not that engaging. So <laughs> it's one of That's the ways fair. that they're, they're, they're actually telling you that. So that you can raise the bar on what you write. And you can start thinking about other people. So, you know, there's so... And introductions, so many people forget about the, the power of introductions. LinkedIn was meant for people to introduce each other. So if, for example, I know somebody that you two might really benefit from knowing, doing an introduction would be not only great for me to keep the community 
but to do something for you, to help you and to help that other person. So that's so important. And people lose sight of the power and impact of introductions, but that is at the core of, of uh, when LinkedIn was actually built. Introductions was one of the first things that they, that they actually added to the platform because the power of connections and uh, power of networking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Totally. Yeah, you borrow a little bit of credibility from the person who is making the introduction and it accelerates that trust building process that sounds like is really kind of at the root of everything we're doing on LinkedIn. So cool. Yeah. Good to know. Do you have any specific stories of how kindness has changed someone's life, changed someone's life on LinkedIn? Yeah. So um, how kindness has changed. I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of, of different possibilities, but I know that um, there was an event, like somebody wanted to get into the speaking realm and they've been trying really hard to do that. And um, since I'm already in the speaking realm, I was just keeping an eye out on different opportunities that might be coming my way. And so I put a DM out to um, probably about 15 people that um, I knew, you know, were kind of part of that, that, that speaking community. And I just said, listen, I know somebody who's trying to get into the, to the speaking world and this is what she speaks about and this is her story. And I sent them a little video because we had both been, um, been part of um, Mo Mondays, which is a motivational Monday. Like it's a speaker series Mm. where it's actually, you get to, to kind of go on stage for 11 minutes and do your thing just to get started. And I, and I did that and she did that. And we happened to do it together that same night. So I knew that she had it in her, she just needed to be introduced to the right people. So um, went out to my network and uh, somebody said, I have this event coming up. I would love her to be part of it. It's a, an empowering women series. She would be great talking about grief. And so <laughs> made the connection. And now she's, she's speaking. She's doing that. She has a radio show. She... Um, yeah, and I and I would like to think that that little Pete, that little introduction, paved the way for her to just get her start, to get her confidence built, to build her community, and now I see her today because I've been on a radio show. So hmm. <laughs> how cool! Very cool. Yeah. Talk about reciprocity. <laughs> reciprocity, yeah, in its greatest form. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. I think maybe you've already waited on this, but I just want to make sure that. Maybe there's something else that's out there that you'd like to add. How would you say that kindness helps to create a stellar personal and professional brand? If we take a look at some of the big players on LinkedIn, like Adam Grant and Bob Berg with the Goal Giver series, we can understand that we have two ways to go. We can be a giver and be recognized as a giver, somebody who's building trust, constantly building trust, or we can be on the opposite side of the playing field. And, um, I don't think LinkedIn um, sells itself to the other side of the playing field. First of all, we're on an online, we're, it's online. So we have enough challenges as it is, but it is meant to develop relationships. It is meant to foster and nurture and build 
relationships globally. So unless we are really active and building those relationships and, and building a foundation, we will never, we will always have a struggle with our personal brand. So I'm recognized as a giver, right? So I would say that the majority of people that talk about me at some point in their, uh, you know, and I looked on LinkedIn today and I saw it, they were saying, oh, I have a group of women who stand behind me. And I was in that group of women, hmm. right? So they I posted about 10 people that have stood behind well, that woman, 10 people who stood behind that woman as she was trying to path her way on LinkedIn. And I was one of them. And what she said is that these 10 people represent kindness to me on the platform. They are the people who were kind to me and helped me and introduced me and supported me and got me involved when I didn't know what to do. And I was experiencing a lot of imposter syndrome. So um, how we what how we act on the platform is um, how we will be remembered on the platform. And I always say, you know, there's that famous quote, um, you know, uh, your personal brand is what people think about you when you're no longer in the room. So I always say your personal brand is what people think of you when you're no longer on LinkedIn or when you're not on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. I use the same thing. Um, and uh, I love that quote. So I just kind of like used it and borrowed it totally. <laughs> because it, it's the same thing. What do people say about you when you're not on LinkedIn? Do people think of you when you're not on LinkedIn? Do people miss you when you're not there? Because that says a lot about, about your positioning on LinkedIn. And it comes down to how you're thought about, like how people think of you. And if they think of you as a giver, then that is, that is putting you in the position of trust. Hmm. Cool. All makes total sense. Okay. So what would you say are the first three things that you would tell someone who wants to build a stronger brand on LinkedIn? So, okay. Number one, know your niche, know what you do well, and don't look at other people's stories. Well, look at their stories, but don't try to mock their stories. Find out what you're good at. And LinkedIn is a journey and not a destination. You know, find out what you're good in, start connecting with people who are already known for that area, like the area you're interested in, get on there and find the people that are already doing great things and start mingling with those people. So you're mingling with the right crowd, get into the right crowd, you know, um, because that will reflect and it will reflect um, well on you. And it will allow you to start seeing how those people have gotten to where they've they've gotten right so it will give you kind of um, an idea so number one hang out with the right crowd and find don't be all over the place find out what you really want to do what you're good at and make sure that that stands out and it'll only get stronger so it doesn't have to be, it's not an automatic LinkedIn I've been at this for a long long time and I'm still building my brand I don't think a personal brand is something that happens overnight and um, it's something that's continuously growing. So don't look at it like something that you have to put out there and that's it. It's something you put out there and it's something that grows continuously. Um, second, I think the background photo is really powerful. I call it your personal uh, billboard because it follows you. 
and it will allow you to visually indicate and, and tell a lot about yourself. So people often don't use that background photo. They just allow it to be the LinkedIn default photo. You don't want to live the default life. You want to create a customized, personalized experience. So take that billboard and say to yourself, if I was driving along the 401 or whatever, and I looked up at a billboard, what would my billboard say about me? And then create one that is just like stunning. Have text, have you in the picture, whatever it is, create your, uh, connect yourself with your company, have everything out there. But once you create that billboard, it's like it's like the, the book cover, right? It gets everything started. Mm. When you have a great book cover, uh, you kind of even like don't even worry about the rest because the, the cover looks so great. So, I mean, you know, do that. Three, if you have imposter syndrome, just realize that everybody has it. Every single person that I have talked to has experienced imposter syndrome. Um, you have a space on LinkedIn. We all have a space on LinkedIn. So again, start small. And when you feel those kind of feelings coming in and saying, you're not the right person to post this. You don't know what you're talking about. Somebody else can say it better than you. You just kick those ideas to the curb and you continue and you continue because it takes a while offline, online to create um, a spot, to create your space, to own your space. So that takes a while. So, but just don't let any of those thoughts, those negative thoughts interfere with what you can what you can, what you can give, what you can give to the platform, what you can give to the people around you. So just don't let any doubt. And if you do have doubt, just realize that it's normal, but then accept it and put it in its place and move forward. Hmm. Cool. Very actionable. And, and be kind. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's the step that goes into every step that you just mentioned, right? Do everything yeah, with exactly. kindness. Cool. Yeah. Kindness is the foundation. Very neat. We have some questions that we like to ask of all of the people that we bring onto this show. The first of which is, uh, what is the most fun that you've had in your career, Shelley? The most fun I've had in my career? Well, I decided that I wanted to kind of like um, challenge myself to do something that I didn't think I could do because I'm all about challenging people to step outside their comfort zones I think like everything happens really at the end of that comfort zone so I'm a fire walker I just can't do it through COVID unfortunately um yeah it's Wait, been can we, like physical walking on fire yeah yeah physical like Tony Robbins Tony okay. Robbins fire walker yeah so I, I wanted to challenge myself because we're so impeded by what we think we can't do and, uh, you know, did I think I could walk on fire? No. Did I think I was not going to burn my feet? No. But um, the cool thing about fire walking is that you have to do it three times. So when you're actually doing a fire walk, you do it three times. One, for the better of the bigger community. Two, for somebody else that you know is going through a struggle and you want to help them. And then the third one is for you. What do you want to create in your life? And um so you're putting a calling out there and you're challenging yourself to walk through this fire and say something at the same time. So I did it. And I've been doing it now for several years because uh, that's the way that I do my new year resolution. I go through the fire. And um, so I know that it doesn't sound like something fun to do. <laughs> I know you asked me for fun, but honestly, 
when I do that, I feel so good afterwards. And it just makes every kind of challenge that I have up against me, or at least mm -hmm. that I feel, it makes it all go away. And then I just dive into my next thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I can't say it's fun, but it's fun in an unusual kind of way. We don't have a standard definition of fun, no. so however you define fun is good. <laughs> but I think yeah. everybody should do fire walking in their life at least once. Cool. And it's near Montreal, actually, so I'm going to send you the details. Just Sounds to good. put that on your bucket list. We'll put it on our, our show notes, too. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that, Lisa, because when I heard fire walking, I kind of had to stop and think about what you were saying there, Shelly. So I'm really glad we we took a moment to dive into that. Seriously, that was really cool. Okay. An interesting kind of fun. I love it. No judgment. We talk a lot about risk as another sort of big theme in a person's career. What would you say is the biggest risk you've ever taken in your career and how did it turn out? Um, I think becoming an entrepreneur, because I've always worked in higher education, but I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and, um, you know, 10 years ago, I decided to uh, build my company linked express and I, I really didn't know where it would go because I didn't want to be just another traditional LinkedIn trainer I really train again using social reciprocity as my foundation. So I, but I think it was a risk because, you know, you do it but you're not quite sure how it's going to fly and how you're going to be up against the competition. And of course, time was, uh, was um, also a challenge for me just because I am at the university uh, the majority of the week. But uh, yeah, it has been a nice challenge. It's been something, it's something I'm passionate about. Like LinkedIn is something I'm passionate about and it's allowed me to just do workshops all over the world. Like I've done mm. workshops in virtually in India and, you know, I did an insure, uh, women in insurance. And at one point I was in New York, not physically, unfortunately, but I was in New York and LA and all of these different, uh, different locations. And I just think, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's given me so much opportunity to meet so many wonderful people and to do things I pro I never thought I would be doing like to reaching audiences that I never thought I'd be able to reach. So, hmm. so yeah, it was a risk, but a, a, a good risk that I took. Amazing. Yeah. You can really tell from the energy that you just bring to it. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it definitely has paid off. Cool. Sure. Our next question is what would you say the best piece of career advice is that you've ever received? So the best career advice that I ever received was um, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. And um, that was by a mentor and an old boss who became my mentor. And uh, I've always, after he said that to me, I stopped, uh, I stopped worrying about doing things off the beaten path. My character is not, and I think there's a beauty in it too, but I don't like always doing things that are just straight down one road. I don't have one road. There's so many different options and I'm not a template kind of girl. I, I, I like people to, um, to not be scared to be different. Um, and not be scared to try a different approach. 
So I think that advice that he gave me many years ago now um, has stuck with me and how I help the students develop in their own careers, take risks. You don't have to try and fit in, stand out. That's the best thing you can do is stand out, don't fit in. So um, yeah, <laughs> so I carry that around with me. Um, I have a sign in my office, my physical office. That's the big sign that, that, you know, that they see when they come in. And they often ask me about it because they might not get it, but it's, it's really to tell them you know, don't doubt yourself so much. Just go for it. Love it. Hmm. Powerful. Excellent. So where can people find more about you and your Decide to Be Kind campaign? So uh, linkedexpress.ca, I have the campaign on there. So it's L-I-N-K-E-D, express, all one word, dot C-A. And uh, it talks about the movement and it also has the wristbands. Uh, I'm glad, happy to say that it's almost a year and over a thousand wristbands have gone out to people all around the world from Australia to Turkey to Israel. Um, and you always get an extra band to pay it forward. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. I, again, without my community, um, I can't imagine where I'd be. I think I'd have a lot of wristbands still sitting here, but my community has really helped me. They've been empowered just by getting the word out and telling their own stories because they didn't know how to tell their story about to tell their stories. And now it's actually being, um, being really therapeutic for them to, to be able to talk about it and let other people know that they're not alone. Cause like I said, bullying on LinkedIn often goes unnoticed. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's been, it's been great. So yeah. And of course, anybody can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always there. <laughs> so that's pretty much my home. Uh, well, my home away from home. So anybody who wants to reach out to me can certainly find me on LinkedIn or linkedexpress.ca. Perfect. And we'll post links to those in our show notes as well. Thank you. We would love to get some of those wristbands. And I know that our dear listener, you can't see us when we're recording, but we'll we'll carry those with us as we go into future recordings. So that's on, on my to-do list. It would be a pleasure to continue to help you pay it forward. It sounds like an amazing... I mean, why not? Really? I mean, I'm trying to think of why not. Can't think of anything. So, <laughs> and they're uh, very fashionable. They go with everything. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. I like that. Cool. I think we'll call it a week at that. It's been an amazing conversation with our guest, Shelly Alsleger. For the Career Builders Podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Hashtag decide to be kind. We hope you're well, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everyone.